My name is Jamie Atkinson, founder of podcastclosing.com, and this show is built for six and seven figure entrepreneurs with podcasts who are looking to grow and scale their customer acquisition using that show. If you're a six or a seven figure entrepreneur with a podcast and you want to get featured on this show to talk about your own podcast journey, go to top100interview.com. Now over to your glamorous host, Brittany Chaterbock, and don't forget to subscribe for daily interview content. Hey guys, welcome back to the show. We have such an amazing guest about to come on stage here and really talk about her journey. And, you know, she has so many things under under her belt. Uh, guys, it's Friday. I'm tongue-tied. I'm really sorry. <laughs> she has a lot under her belt. So uh, the guest I bring on, Christy Tobias, you know, she's the host of Fearless, Fearlessly Made You. She's the CEO of fearless existence llc um she's also you know an executive coach consultant and national speaker at heron consulting group so i mean she's got a very powerful story and i think it's best if you know christy if you could just go ahead and dive in welcome to the show the stage is yours thanks for coming on today yes thank you so much i'm so excited and i'm excited to share my story because i think it's all about the reality that life is life like (laughs) It's hard. And I think more now than ever, we have to be honest with ourselves about, you know, where we've come from, what our journey is and share that with people, um, which is why I love getting the chance to be on a podcast such as this, because you guys embrace that and you really uplift us to be able to tell our stories. Um, so I'll kind of take it to the to the beginning of, of my journey. So Fearlessly Made You, I always love to start with what Fearlessly Made You is and how it became a thing. Um, so Fearlessly Made You, the podcast is actually a spinoff of Fearlessly Made You, the book. So I wrote Fearlessly Made You. I was actually approached by a publishing company because at that time, um, where I lived at the time in Pensacola, Florida, um, I am a Black young female um, entrepreneur, corporate consultant, all of the above. And there aren't a lot of Black females that are like me Um, in Pensacola, much less that I see a lot. And I think for those of you that are also um, relating to being that Black strong female, power to you women, we're going to lift each other up. And so in my, (laughs) one of the things that I I was able to do was do a lot of speaking in Pensacola um, and a lot of business consulting and coaching, just because I love to help support people. And in that, the publishing company, the boutique company is called Indigo River Publishing Company, was based in Pensacola. They're now actually part of Simon & Schuster, but they, the leads there saw me speaking in the community and asked if I'd ever considered publishing a book. At that time, and you'll hear me talk about my mother a lot, my mother had already encouraged me to start writing a blog. Um, So when I speak on stage as a corporate consultant, a lot of people always ask me about my story, and you can only share so much from the stage. So I started writing a blog because people just wanted to know more. And I used that like every week or two weeks, I just write different portions of my story. And that really became the proposal for my book when the publishing company asked if I'd consider writing a book. Um, And so Fearlessly Made You is about my journey with post-traumatic stress disorder. So I went through a traumatic time between when I was 14 and 20, where I was with someone who the police report later identified was a pedophile. Um, I've had conversations with uh, my therapist about the potential that he could have also been part of human sex trafficking. We can't confirm that, but um, he raped, assaulted, and abused me on and off for six years, uh, was 20 years older than me, which was confirmed by the police report because had lied to me about so many different things um, and had really brought me to a place where I was a shell of myself. You know, no one knew my, I had friends that knew about it, but they didn't really know the depths of how deep this kind of situation was. Um, And I was, you know, throughout high school and undergrad going through this. 
And when I was able to get away from him and I actually got away from him middle of the night, I was at his home and ran out of the house after he had attacked me uh, and ran naked in the street to the neighbor's house who saw the marks on my body immediately called 911. Um, and I was taken out of that situation via an ambulance. And so you think that's, wow, that's the story in and of itself, which it is, but it was only part of it. The rest of the work was what was to come, which is after that, you have to deal with the trauma. You have to deal with the fact that you're out of what is a really horrible situation. But when you're in it, for anyone that's ever been part of abuse, domestic violence, when you're in it, it's what you know. And so there's kind of a cloud around you of what your normalcy is. And when you're out of it, your normalcy is broken and you're kind of awakened to this space in your life that's terrifying which is where that fearless part of the conversation comes in is you're afraid to live what your new life looks like because you don't understand what your new journey is. Um, and so fearlessly made you talks about the journey and me trying to refine myself at 20 years old, me not really knowing when you have post-traumatic stress disorder, there's different symptoms that you have. One of mine is short-term memory loss. Um, and there are portions of my life that I have blocked out because of how terrible they are. Um, and there's portions that I just don't remember. So I literally had to remake who I was. Um, and really re-identify what that means. Um, and so flash forward now, I'm always very open about how old I am, I'm 37 now. Uh, and I'm in this space in my life where I can tell this story without feeling the deep emotions that connected to it, not because they don't exist, but because I've gone through trauma therapy, I've gone through the space of healing, but I'm working through what this trauma is, which is where Fearlessly Made You came from, is not necessarily saying that fear doesn't exist. It means you don't allow that fear to own your journey. And so I talk to people about this so openly because it is the foundation and baseline of the way I do everything in my life. The way that the podcast is run is actually, as it spins off from the book, I'm telling my story in the book. I'm helping other people tell their story in my podcast. So there's a handful of episodes where it's just me telling a little bit more about myself, but the majority of the episodes are actually me with other guests who've either gone through similar traumatic situations or are business owners who've gone through their own situations, who are mothers. You know, I, I, I'm going to call her out one of my friends, Sydney, who she and I are both cycle instructors. I'm a new cycle instructor, a different conversation for a different day, but she Love inspired it. me. I know, right? Just add that into the list of things. <laughs> but I say so it many things. It's amazing. I've on my journey to be a cycle instructor, and she's a cycle instructor, a mom, a military wife, and so the journeys that people have are just so vast and different. And I don't think we take enough time to learn about them. And so that's what fearlessly made you is truly about is the story that we have to share with each other. And it really, in building out Fearlessly Made You, you know, we're about to hit season three. Um, I built Fearless Existence, my company, off of the foundation behind how can I help businesses, individuals, nonprofits really understand how to be the best versions of themselves throughout hard times, throughout uncomfortable moments, throughout trauma, which every single business in the world has probably experienced, especially over the past couple of years. Um, and so now more than ever, I find I'm in this space to help businesses, to help individuals, to help people just trying to figure it out, take up the space they need to live their fearless existence and not let fear own them, but they really get to own their journey. And I get to do that in my own, in my business, in my podcast, but I also have the privilege of working for a corporate company. I know how many jobs does she have? Um, so I have the privilege of 
thank you to our corporate company that um, Huron Consulting Group truly supports me and loves my story and my journey and encourages me. Um, I am a national speaker for them, but I'm also a change management and leadership consultant and a diversity, equity, and inclusion consultant, both for that corporate company and my own company. And um, I actually, it's funny, right before getting the chance to speak with you, Brittany, I was on the phone with the president of our company, just talking away. And so it's, I know oh it's those gosh. beautiful moments that you don't get if you're not able to be in a space to take up the space to be vulnerable, to take up the space, to live your fearless existence, to be able to say my story is important. And so are other people's and people can see that they feel that and that authenticity. And it's why I do what I, I do. I want other people to feel like they can take up the space in their own authentic journey. That is my story. <laughs> I love it. Well, this is incredible. And honestly, it's an inspiration for those listening and myself. So uh, I'm happy you shared every bit, like as much as you could in that short amount of time, because the inspiration is just, it's mind blowing. So thank you. Yes. Thank so, you. Brad. Absolutely. And, you know, let's talk a bit about, you know, where you're at. I know where you're at exactly with work and um, your your business, but do you mind diving in exactly what you're doing uh, right now, what your focus is? Yeah, absolutely. So my focus right now from a personal perspective is I am in this space where for so long I allowed my work, my busyness, um, everything that I'm involved in in life to own who I am. So if someone would ask me, what do you, who, like, hey, Christy, nice to meet you. What do you do? I'd immediately jump into my work, like every day, all day long. Like right, specifically, right. start with my corporate job, go into and go into all these different things. And you know, in talking about this, you know, on this podcast, it really helps me identify. At the end of the day, where I'm at now is in a place where I'm owning who I am as a person without those things. So understanding that. I am a passionate person who loves Hallmark movies um, <laughs> and who has a very um, interesting personal life where it's just me and my dog in our house here in uh, Smyrna, Georgia, right outside of Atlanta. He is quietly sleeping for the moment. Usually he's snoring, uh, but I'm in a place where I moved to Georgia because I wanted to be close to my family. I'm the oldest of four kids and we're all grown, but living in different places. And so North Carolina, South Carolina is like the closest area for everyone. And I have a niece, Sophia, who's six years old, who's growing up so fast. And I want to be there for her. I want to see her grow up. And so I'm in this space where with everything else that's going on around me, the things that are going to make me the most successful in everything I do is holding on to what brings me value, which is my family, which are the people in my life that I love which is the space in my life that I love, which is being in this new state. I love Pensacola. I love Florida. I still have that connection, that family tie to that city, but I'm breathing in a space that is me and that's uniquely me. Uh, you know, I'm embracing my fitness journey again, which I had not done in so long. I had, I always dabble in different things. I was a bodybuilder. I was a, a roller derby girl. Like I always did something. I grew, I was a competitive cheerleader throughout high school and college. So I've always been an athlete. But I never really stood up and took up space to say, but this is how I want to own how I bring myself into a journey. So, you know, you heard me mention, like, I'm now a cycle instructor because I want to say to people, like, your fitness journey is yours. The way that you express yourself is yours. Your healing is yours because it's part of my healing. So I'm just kind of in this space to breathe and enjoy and embrace my life. And still, though, strive for success in my businesses, but not allow my businesses to take over me. 
and but right. allow me to really own how I approach my own world with or without my businesses. This is incredible. Oh, well, thank you for sharing that. You know, that's so exciting. You know, you're owning it. You're owning it all. And, and that's important, right? So yeah, yes. Tell, tell us a little bit more about, I know you touched on it, the podcast, but, um, you know, again, when did you start it and the intentions behind it? And what's, what's your biggest major focus with that um, moving forward? Yeah, that's a great question. So the podcast is probably the newest business venture that I have. So we started the podcast actually, um, and by we, I mean myself, and um, I, I spent the time to invest in a female-run marketing team um, on purpose. And so I say that for anyone wanting to start a podcast, because I have had a lot of people come up to me and ask about it. And so I do have episodes on Fearlessly Made You, where I talk about the behind the scenes of the podcast. I actually show you behind the scenes, but I made a point to invest in the right people around me. And so when I launched the book, I did both a physical, like we, as much as we could, it was February, 2021. So we're still, you know, middle pandemic could only have so many people in a space. Um, so I had the chance to do a physical launch of the book um, at that time in the Pensacola Cultural Center, um, one of the organizations I still am on the board with, which I love. But then we did a virtual launch of the book at the exact same time that we started filming the podcast. So that was like February 16th, February 17th, 2021. And then we launched the first episode, April, 2021. So we filmed four episodes. So I filmed four to six episodes in one setting. Um, and we moved, like we started out in the Pensacola Cultural Center because I wanted to be true to the culture that has supported me and the culture that I support. Um, and then we shifted to moving to our marketing team. The CEO, her name is Bree, moved to her house and <laughs> started filming there because it's both, you know, audio in traditional podcast form, but YouTube, because ultimately I actually used to have a talk show with my corporate company. Um, and I've always wanted to have a talk show. So I was like, you know, if I'm going to do this, if I'm going to invest, I'm going to make this a talk show too. So it's on, it's filmed, it's live filmed and like on YouTube as well. Um, and so, you know, there's a watch, well, should, shouldn't say it's live film, but it is filmed and we have the editing and then push it, put it on YouTube at the same time that we put it on the um, podcast audio streaming. And then we shifted to a studio called Hellcat Hangar. Hellcat Hangar used to be an old air, like plane hangar. Um, and they kind of reformatted it into a production studio. So we have this open space where we put together like chairs and couches and a rug um, and plants uh, and we have wine. <laughs> Or um, I'm in a space right now where I'm not drinking wine, but wine or sparkling water. And we do filming in this production studio in Pensacola, Florida. I drive down every quarter to film. Um, I have about six to seven episodes that we film at one time. Um, and we are about, we're wrapping up season two now. We're filming December 8th. So we're wrapping up season two, probably we'll have it wrapped by the time this airs. Um, and then we'll start season three at the beginning of 2023, which is insane for me to think about. We're just starting. Like, that's incredible. No. You're already on season three. That's so exciting. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Now with, with the get, that's crazy. <laughs> with, with the guests you bring on, um, how do you go about getting these guests? So I am very particular about making sure I have representation across all spectrums. So I love, one of the great things that I loved about being in Pensacola was I was able to build a strong network of relationships that connected me to so many different facets of the community. And so I always make sure that every time we film, so when I have six to seven guests on to film, that there's representation both racially, socially, from a gender perspective, um, from socioeconomic perspective, I just want to make sure that I'm thinking 
thinking about stories from people who have inspired me. Um, so like on a couple, I also have my siblings. So all four, all three of my siblings have been on an episode because their stories inspire me. But there's also, I always love to share with people, I am the least interesting Tobias child. Like I just have to put that out there. So my siblings are even more interesting than I am. Um, but that's kind of how I've been able to do it is I wanted to share first Pensacola voices. That's how it started out. So my first four episodes were th four people who actually had inspired me. So the executive director of the Pensacola Cultural Center, um, Sid Williams Heath, who was the person that just kind of, he was like, you're going to launch your book here. Like, I know you are. Um, we had my friend, John, who was the, is the, um, it, he is the CEO of uh, a wine company. We have my friend, Claire, who's the CEO of Ride Society. And then like the fourth guest is my friend, Nicole, who ran her own fitness business. So all four people that had personally inspired me in my own journey were the first guests. And then it just kind of spun from there into, like, you know, I'd mentioned I have people who are in their journey as a mother or who are in their journey as, you know, an entrepreneur or who I had actually a really one of the biggest and most watched and most engaged episodes was my dear, wonderful friend, Tara Card, um, who is in a, who's a drag queen. And she recently has come into herself in 2015 learned what the words and meaning behind being gay is. And if you watch her episode, it's phenomenal to me because you see that confidence, you see that strength. She makes her own drag outfits. She made her own outfit for the podcast and it was phenomenal, but she has such a strength and a following and a fearlessness within the Pensacola, not just the Pensacola community, but within our community that you would never know that she really just came to that awakening in 2015. Like it just right. is mind blowing. So I always want to make sure that the voices of people who have a story to tell, who have something that they want to make sure other people are able to hear. And I'll share one other, um, Alicia Tappan, her episode is coming up soon. And she talks about her journey with human sex trafficking. And I always put, I put a disclaimer with her is that it's a triggering story. It was a triggering story for me um, because I was like, you know, we are going to tell this story together because it is something that we've both experienced. And so I think there's power in healing and being able to have those conversations in a way that is safe, but also in a way that is honest and transparent because people don't always want to tell their story, but having the platform and the space to say, guess what? I got you helps other people feel comfortable in telling their stories. Absolutely. My gosh. Yeah. Having those powerful stories at a safe place who's feel open enough to talk about it with someone who's also gone through such traumatic things, um, honestly must mean the world to you because like you are, you're letting people have a voice, let them talk, you know, and, um, I think it's important to get it out there. Like you said, some people don't like to talk about it, but you capturing these stories and being able to share them with people, I think is incredible just to get that word out there. And, you know, to, and, you know, you never know who's listening and who's gone through that's just not talking about it. Right. Yeah. So absolutely. that's incredible. It's incredible. So, you know, there was one thing that I wanted to ask you about, and it was, um, talking about, you know, the topic of conversation around taking up space by owning fearless existence. Now, you might have touched on it a little bit here and there, but would, would you be open to diving into that? Because I know you have a lot of knowledge behind that. Yeah. So if any of you are pageant aficionados, so I grew up in the pageant community. I was with North Carolina International in 2010. My goodness, that seems like a long wow. time ago. Congrats. Um, 
Thank you. But one of the most recent Miss Universes, she's from South Africa. Um, she was asked an onstage interview question. She said, we have the power to take up space. And it's not the first time that I'd heard it, but it was a beautiful time to be able to say it. Because one of the things that, and I, I can say this bluntly, not just as a woman, but as a Black woman, that we're often taught specifically in American society is that my voice is not valued because of the way I look. And I grew up in a culture where I'm Jamaican. So my mother's Jamaican, my dad's from South Florida. Um, and so Jamaican culture, Jamaican female culture, we are never taught that we are not enough. We're always taught that not only are we enough, but our voice is valued. And so it was a very contradicting conversation and kind of dialogue internally for me to have growing up because I was always told that I was valued. I was always told to take up space but my environment tried to push that out of me. And I've had multiple situations, you know, growing up, but also in my own professional environment where I didn't see anyone like me, or I felt like because of who I was, I wasn't getting the opportunities that other people were. And with the upbringing that I had, I had to stand up pretty early on as a child and had to stand firm and confident and kind of grow up a little earlier. And, you know, with the trauma that I went through, there was a lot of things that I became an adult very quickly around where taking up space was no longer an option, but a requirement for me to survive. Um, and so I didn't take up the space that I needed to when I was going through the trauma of being abused and assaulted. And I remember when I left that situation or was taken out of that situation via an ambulance, I had to tell myself, and I remember my therapist and I, we, we had this conversation and my current therapist and I've had this conversation that no more. There's no more of me bringing myself to a place where I'm insignificant, where I'm not seen, where I'm not heard, where I am shot down or belittled. I am important. I am valued. I'm the only person that can live my journey. And if me saying that and doing that is going to take up space that offends someone, then that's their issue. And that's the piece around fearlessly made you is there is fear and you taking up a space that someone has told you you can't have. But there is the ability to not let that fear be the reason you don't continue to take it up. And not enough people hear that in their lives. I have so many wonderful, beautiful people in my life who I am still friends with some who are not because that ability to take up space can also be threatening to other people. Um, when you don't have that confidence and that strength or that foundational support behind you, it can come off very off-putting and offensive. And I'm okay with that because my journey and my purpose is mine. Their journey and their purpose is theirs. And if that means that they have to identify a different way to take up space, that's not the way that I'm projecting it, by all means, find that. But I think that everyone deserves to know Nobody else has the ability or the authority to tell you that you cannot take up the space to be authentically yourself. It does not mean it doesn't come with risk. It does not mean it doesn't come with you being uncomfortable. You know, we've seen so much of the international unrest with women taking up space um, at, you know, the risk of losing their lives. You know, I've seen it in my own life, in my background, you know, I think about Black American background and Black people taking up space in a society that told us we were less than. And I just said no more, like I'm not doing that anymore. And it's uncomfortable and it makes people feel crazy or weird or whatever. I don't care. Like <laughs> at the end of the yeah. day, I just stopped caring because 
I can't live my life focused on someone else's insecurities. I have to live my life focused on what's going to bring purpose, not just to me, but to the other people who deserve to live their life as well. That was a lot. This is amazing. <laughs> no, no, this is amazing. I just wanted to make note of that. Um, I love it. No, it's so true. You know, we can't quiet ourselves down and you bring, um, stay quiet because it's making other people feel uncomfortable. We have to, we have to let that go and not worry about it. You know, you got to do what's best for you. And if you know your, your purposes and then there's no one that should be dimming your light that you're allowing to dim your light, you know? So exactly. very exactly. important that you're allowing. Cause we do, I think too, and this was something I had to tell myself as well as, as I was like reframing who I was as a person, I realized there were a lot of places where I was allowing people to dim my light. And I had to take ownership of that myself. I had to tell myself, so you did that. Like you said, it was okay. You allowed that. And I I've done that. I continue to work on that myself. You know, I talked about a little bit of my personal life. Like I am not married. I am not dating, told myself maybe 2023, we will open ourselves up to dating. I don't know. We'll see. Um, not that I'm not open to it, but it's just, I had spent so much time not bring, allowing value into my life, but allowing other people to tell me what value looked like. Um, and that wasn't serving me. And so I find that you have to release people and things that don't serve you viewpoints that don't bring you the value that you deserve to have to own your journey. Those things I had to release. And in releasing that, you know, I find myself in this place of beautiful solitude and peace because I love me. I started actually fun. I don't think I've told anyone this except for my mom, probably, but I have this little book. I always have journals around, you know, a writer. That's what we do, but I have a real small journal. That's beautiful. It has all this artwork on it. And it's the only thing that's allowed to go in that journal is love. So I write love letters to myself, um, probably every other week. And it has nothing to do with anybody else, but it's just an, I love me love book. Uh, and it's been so powerful and empowering. I am a romantic at heart. I am an unashamed romantic. I love romance uh, and I love romance for me. And so I think for so long, we tell ourselves like you need someone else to be in the picture for you to be romantic. Absolutely not. Have romance with yourself. Love yourself. Put on the lingerie for yourself and write yourself some love poems. Trust me, you'll feel so much better after doing it. Oh, thank you for sharing that. You know, I think it's so important to have that self-love and make it a priority, you know? Uh, oftentimes, like you said, we get, we get stuck in that area where we're like, we're listening to what others, or maybe it's a partner telling us what value looks like, like you mentioned and, and what our purpose should be. And it's, it's, you, you can't really, I feel like that's a place where you can't find yourself oftentimes, yeah. not always. I mean, sometimes you can, but there are so many times we put ourselves last as to what can look in the mirror. What do you really want? Who are you supposed to be, you know? And um, it's hard to figure that out sometimes with someone else around. It is. It absolutely is. And I think there's so many, I've a lot of people in my life right now who I'm watching go through this growth of having been, and this is not saying there's anything wrong with being in relationships early on or being married or anything like that. I think some of my favorite people are married, but I think there are so many people who 
were got married or got into a relationship without truly understanding where they were themselves. And they're learning that along the journey and along this way with someone else and a partner, but part of them is wrapped up still in who that person is and who they've influenced them to be. Um, and so there's a bit of an awakening that a lot of my friends are having with themselves, which is beautiful, but it's also super painful because you have to then come to terms with the fact that I am my own person, but I haven't been, and you can do that with a partner, but you really, and I will always say this, you, you have to find that yourself without having someone else tell you who that is. I love partnership. Like I'm always wanting to be surrounded by people, but I have to know me. I I get energy from me and I can't get energy from other people. Oh my gosh. I'm so glad we covered that because it's so true. Like you, you, it's really hard to find who you truly are without that alone time, without that space on your own to really understand. And it's a process. I think it can become a process too. And it's not something that happens overnight. Um, but it is such an important key and like, not for, I guess not for everyone, but for a lot of people, I think, um, having that time and space to get that clarity as to, okay, what do I want in life? What are my dreams? My dreams alone, and getting yeah. clear on that to, and trying to find your purpose and find yourself. It's something that is, must be done. Yeah. You, and I don't want to, I I'm not an expert. Like, I don't know if you can do that with a partner or if it's better doing it off on your own, but I definitely know for myself that it's been when I'm alone, when I am focused just on me is how I develop a little bit more of clarity, you know? Yeah. And I love that you say like, and I, yeah, I'm not an expert either. I think there are people out there and and I think about so many of my, my friends who do need that uplifting and support to help find themselves, but whatever it is that you need, identify how it then supports who you truly are as a person. And there are a lot of people who will go through life and never really know who they are, which I think it's not sad or anything. It just is. And I think we owe it to ourselves. Life is, is short. Um, I just came back actually this past weekend and celebrating the life of, of my aunt on my dad's side, my dad's sister who'd passed away. And, um, we were talking Sorry about to hear that. Thank you. It's, it's, it's been an interesting couple of weeks because, you know, my dad was, they had a very interesting relationship, but watching him going through that grieving process, not that we weren't grieving, but it's a different kind of grief when that's your sibling and watching him and kind of talking with him through it. There's just so much of our lives that we spend focused on things that don't serve anyone that keep you from who you are, keep you from your purpose, keep other people from their purpose. You know, I was listening to a sermon and it was talking about your journey. I think it was Elevation um, Service with Stephen Furtick. Your journey is your journey. Don't take someone else's journey. So there are things that we think should be part of our journey, but they really are not. Um, There are situations that maybe we're blocking someone else's journey because we're not being our authentic self. You know, I think sometimes as much as we have to make sure that we're focused on our purpose and finding that purpose, we do have an impact and an influence and a cascade on other people too. We don't live in a silo and we're not isolated. So it's, you know, we owe it to ourselves to truly be our authentic selves and find our authentic selves because other people are looking at that. There's someone watching you now that's like, I would like to live that journey. I'd like to find that authentic self. And some people are, are inspired by what you're able to do. That's kind of why we owe it to ourselves to be able to focus on who am I? What do I bring to the table? What does value look like? And how do I own that journey for myself? 
I love that. Mm, I'm so happy we brought up that topic and covered it. Yeah. Uh, it's so important. It's so important. And I know the people listening, a lot of them are on the fence. I'm not sure what they're doing. Um, maybe they want to jump in the entrepreneur path. Maybe they, they're scared to, maybe they don't know the purpose. Like you, you never know who's listening. And I think that it's important to cover stuff like this. And I'm really happy that we had the chance to, you know. So Christy, I know we're getting close to the end of the episode, but I'm just curious, you know, how does your podcast uh, tie into your business? I mean, um, does it, does it act as a lead generation for clients coming in or tell me a bit about that? Yeah, that's a great question. I think that's something, and that goes back to the authenticity. It is the newest part of my business. So one yeah. of the things that uh, my marketing team and I have actually been working on, my marketing team, Bree and I have been working on is starting to identify the solo monetization of the podcast, because right now, a lot of the, so kind of twofold. So f- like the funding for the podcast itself, I have a partnership with Dillard's, which is beautiful. So I've got a clothing partnership there. And as we know, <laughs> doing any type of filming, you go through a lot of clothes. And so that's been a huge partnership, which I've loved. So they're my styling partner. But outside of that, my personal business, because it was built first, actually is more of the source of financial funding for the podcast. And so the Mm -hmm. podcast is starting to give me more noticeability in different markets. So it's kind of intertwined with being able to support both. So I've got more speaking and coaching opportunities that are being fueled by people having seen the podcast. Um, Yeah. So it's a market, it's definitely a lead generator, but what, what I'm working on now is really building it out to, so each of my businesses can function solo under fearless existence. So that's what I'm really starting to work on, right? Like, I was like, you know, and it's funny because I started thinking about it and, and Bree, my, my partner in crime, she was like, remember you're, you're like, you're just closing out your two. I was like, good point. So so I'm like giving myself good point of that, but yeah, I want each. So the book operates on its own. I want the podcast to kind of operate on its own. The coaching business operates on its own. So the podcast is the newest, so it's steadily getting there, but I want each of them to be so interconnected that people don't just come and say, oh, I just want book Christy or, oh, I just want podcast Christy. They know that everything is wrapped under fearless existence, but they still kind of have their own authentic space under fearless existence. So I'm working through that, but it is definitely a really great lead generator right now for all of fearless existence. And then starting to build out that financial stability. So my goal is by the end of season three, that it really is functioning in its own space. Amazing. I I think those goals are amazing. And honestly, just, you know, it's it's incredible that podcasts can really just act as such leverage for the different businesses you've got going on and just really work intertwining them all. Right. So um, I think it's incredible that such a good idea that you did start a podcast, especially for what you're doing. Yeah, absolutely. Well, it's funny because my um, marketing team under the publishing company, they were the ones that actually said, you know, that this, your book is going to be bigger than just your book. Like you've got a big voice. And so we, and so they gave me the idea to really maximize it. And then Bree and I had been friends, my marketing lead. And she's like, you know, there's something beautiful that we can do here. So I'm big on having the right people surround, surrounding me. Um, I have all females, minus my video production crew and the pro- production and the um, actual hangar are owned by men, but the people leading everything are all females. <laughs> so love it. we got a lot of female power going on there, but I love the allyship and support that I get with my Hellcat hangar crew, with my video production crew, um, with Travis and David, they're phenomenal. And the great thing that I love about it though is 
we truly are like I'm leading this and it's so beautiful because I've got such great thought leaders helping support me so it's that collaborative energy that I think we want to go like we talk about entrepreneurship we talk about the podcast all of that can be owned by you and should be you should have your vision but don't be afraid to expand that vision to collaborate with others who have expertise in an area that you do not but who you trust so that you can really expand that vision into something even bigger than you could do on your own. That's kind of the big things that I remind people about when you're like building out your business, especially a podcast. Do not do a podcast by yourself. It is a lot of work. <laughs> it is, you know, and I think you're so right, you know, aligning with those people with the same visions and um, I mean, beliefs, of, even if not all the beliefs are the same, but it's really important to have people who are aligned with the same visions and, 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 and have that drive that you do. And, you know, you see where this is going and just be as passionate about it as you. Um, that makes all the difference. So. Yeah, absolutely. Amazing. Well, Christy Tobias, this has been amazing. And honestly, I'm so happy you were able to make it on today. You are just wonderful. Everything that you're doing is incredible. And I'm so happy that you were able to share all this value with my listeners today. You know, if anyone's looking to connect with you, what would be the best way? Yeah, great question. So you can find me on all social media, Christy Tobias, K-R-I-S-T-I-E, Tobias, T-O-B-I-A-S. You can go to fearlesslymadeyou.com and find me as well. Um, if you go on YouTube, just type in Fearlessly Made You. Uh, we've got that all over there, as well as the same for um, audio podcast on Spotify or Apple Music. Um, and please, Amazon, Barnes & Noble, any online store, you can buy Fearlessly Made You, the physical copy of the book, as well as the Kindle e edition of the book as well. So you can find, kind of find me everywhere. <laughs> Perfect. This is wonderful. Well, thanks again, Christy, for taking the time of your day. Such a pleasure having you on. Thank you so much, Brittany. I appreciate you. Group, if you're listening and enjoyed, please like and subscribe. If you're a six-figure or higher entrepreneur and want to come on to share your journey, uh, talk about your business and your podcast, just like Christy did today, please go to top100interview.com. We'd love to have you on as well. Thanks so much, you guys. Catch you on the next episode. Bye. Hey everyone, I hope you really enjoyed that episode. As always, if you want to listen to more daily interview content, make sure you subscribe. And here's three ways I can help you in your business for free. One, check out my video on how we're building a pipeline that produces 30 plus prime sales calls every single week using podcast setters and a basic interview funnel. And this is actually how I was able to quit social media forever. You can go to podcastrebels.com forward slash setters. Two, if you're a six or a seven figure entrepreneur with a podcast, we actually want to interview you on one of our top 100 shows. Head to top100interview.com and then three, download our podcast closing formula. It shows you how to create a podcast sales team that books out your sales calendar each week using the podcast closing client attraction method. And you can go to podcastrebels.com forward slash podcast formula. Now at podcastclosing.com, we help six and seven figure entrepreneurs with podcasts create a system for predictable client acquisition without relying on paid advertising or social media by building out podcast sales teams. Now, if you want help turning your podcast into a high ticket client acquisition machine, then book a call with our team to see how we can help. Go to podcastrebels.com forward slash chat. All right, guys, we'll see you in the next interview.